welcome to the Bridegroom Speaks podcast with Laura Ercolino. One of our signature services here at Hope's Garden is our Brides of Christ group studies. We meet over a 12-week period to study the Song of Songs using our guidebook, The Cantata of Love, which is a verse-by-verse reading of the Song of Songs written by Father Blaise Arminian and published by Ignatius Press. I want to go back and I want to talk about the bride's first two lines in this section of the duet. While the king rests in his own room, my nard yields its perfume, and my beloved is a sachet of myrrh lying between my breast. So while the king rests in his own room, my nard yields its perfume. So the way that I take this line into my own prayer life now and my own understanding of the bridegroom and his the relationship that he desires with us is just like we talked about before where is his own room his room is in that interior castle in our hearts deep within and in the cantata and i think it's saint bernard who also talks about that he's always resting on the bosom of the father so we can think of his room in two places right so he's in heaven with the father and that is, is his room in the heart of the father, but he also has a room in each one of us in our hearts. And so the nard that we have to offer him, there's a couple different interpretations for that. So one, we think about when we pray and we think about the Psalms that say that our prayer rises like incense to the heart of the father. And so our prayers are our nard, that the fragrance rises up to heaven, to the Holy Trinity, and it also sinks deeply into our being to the bridegroom in the depths of our hearts. And then if we also think about the scripture verse of Mary of Bethany, breaking the expensive jar of nard over Jesus. I've heard Brant Petrie and Christopher West both talk about the expense. Like when they say it was an expensive jar of nard, like just how expensive that would have been back in those days. It comes from a plant that only grows in the Himalayan mountains. So it would have to be extracted and then it would have had to be, you know, transported to the Holy Land. So it was extremely rare, extremely expensive. And the amount that she had was really considered a very large quantity of this expensive oil. So really we could compare it to the widow who gave her last coin. This was her life. Like the disciples say, it could have been sold right? For all this money to be given to the poor. Like this was her, she could have sold it and eaten for weeks, right? But she didn't. She gave it to Jesus and she didn't just give it to him. She anointed him with it, with her tears and her hair, her whole being. So this is a symbol of her life, her whole life now. She's giving to the bridegroom. And so the nard that we today can offer to him is the nard of our very being, the nard of our life. And this brings such deep meaning and value to everything that we do. Just as you're going about washing the dishes, folding your husband or your kid's laundry, to just say to Jesus, while you rest in your room, let my nard rise to you. Let this be a pleasing ointment. May I anoint you as I go about doing my task today. This is the nard of my life. And I offer it all to you as an act of adoration, of love, as anointing. And how much meaning and value does it give to everything we do if we see it 
as nard that we're offering to our bridegroom. You know, you probably hear me say a lot about praying with the Song of Songs. So this is one line that I use as a prayer very often, especially even just last night when uh, the boys had not done the dishes, like they kept saying, oh yeah, I'll do them, I'll do them, I'll do them, right? <laughs> it's 10 o'clock, I go out to fill my water to go to sleep and there's the kitchen, an absolute mess. And I had to take a really deep breath. It's not easy, right? <laughs> take a really deep breath and say, okay, Jesus, <laughs> I'm going to offer this as nard. May this be pleasing to you. I'm not going to yell and scream. I'm just going to quietly clean up. And then to turn my mind and my focus to him, to imagine that I'm in that scene anointing him. I did the dishes and didn't even realize I had done the dishes, right? It goes by quick and easy because I, I'm thinking about Jesus and I'm putting myself right there with Mary of Bethany and what it must have been like to touch him, to anoint him, to give him comfort and consolation right before he knew he was going to be crucified. So this praying with the song is, is one way that really helps me in any of the, any of the trials, you know, something as, as little as having to do dishes at 10 o'clock at night to something as being in the hospital, having a blood transfusion, right? Praying with the song helps me to transcend what I often think of as like the mess, <laughs> the mess of this world, you know, the ache in my body, the ache in my heart, drawing deeply into the song and offering my, so this is how it becomes a duet by singing it back to him in my life. It just, it, then it transcends the noise, the noise of the world. Right. And so that always in my heart, I'm singing this duet of love with Jesus. It doesn't necessarily, not at all, actually make the suffering and the trials and the chaos and the noise go away but I really have come to think of it as transcending it because it's still here. <laughs> it's still here. It's not disappearing. It's not disappearing, but it doesn't have the same power over me. It doesn't have the same effect on me. It doesn't have that ability or power anymore to disrupt the peace and the joy in my heart because in my heart, I stay in the song with the bridegroom. So it's kind of being Mary and Martha at the same time, being Mary interiorly, throughout the day when I must be Martha. First vocation for me right now is mother to my children, right? And I can do that and be Martha, busy about the business of my vocation and still be Mary in my heart with the song. He wants to do everything with us. And so that's where faith comes in and belief. We can't always sense his presence, that he's doing everything with us, that he's with us in everything, but we have to have faith and trust, know that he is. And praying with the song has just, well, it's changed my life. <laughs> then the next line that she says is, my beloved is a sachet of myrrh lying between my breast. This line just, wow, he's just really broken this line open <laughs> for me. So now actually one of the first things that comes to my mind is the image that he gave me when I was writing the seven joys of the bride and bridegroom rosary. I saw mother Mary lifting the infant just born baby Jesus onto her chest. Just like when the, the doctor lays the baby right here between your breast and her singing, my beloved is a sachet of myrrh lying between my breast. You know, I know this line can cause some issues for people. <laughs> Mostly, you know, I do this with women. So women have said, I, I, I just can't 
can, can we just skip over that part? You know, I can't imagine Jesus, like it just gets to be too sensual or sexual maybe for people when it starts talking about the breast. And even my daughter admitted to me, I told her about this image I had of Mary holding baby Jesus and singing that. And she called me, I texted it to her and I texted her a picture. I, I went and I drew it. She called me right away and she was in tears. And she said, mom, like that line, she's, well, she just turned 32 and she has four little ones. And she said that line always stopped her. Like she just couldn't, she said part of her trouble in, in, with the song was that line. And she said, and you just, you just like cured that for me. She said it like gave me a, a whole new image, an image that I can really pray with, that I can understand by seeing it as Mary holding the baby Jesus. She said, I can picture holding baby Jesus between my breasts, <laughs> you know, like that I can do. So that was, that was very, very beautiful. And, but even before that, this line had become one of my, you know, those just daily little prayers throughout the day when your mind turns to Jesus and you just say, I love you. And I would often grab my crucifix that I wear and just tell him, just kind of press it to my heart and say, my beloved is a sachet of myrrh lying between my breast, that he's there in my heart. What is between our breast, our heart, the seat of love in a lot of places where in our translation, it says things like your love is better than wine. It says your breast is better than wine. Because the way that we talk about the heart being the seat of love and passionate love, they called it the breast, but the breast was the seat of love. So it's the equivalent, right? So when we think about this line, to think that it is Jesus who lays in our heart, that he has claimed our hearts, we have given our hearts to him. And so our beloved is a sachet of myrrh lying between our breast. And I also like to think about what I learned from all my medieval English courses and about how they would actually wear sachets of herbs around their necks, one, because they didn't bathe very often, and two, because they also thought those herbs would help keep away things like the plague, that it would be a source of protection for them. So even in times of fear or stress to remember, no, my beloved is a sachet lying between my breast. I have Jesus with me. I am his and he is mine. I have nothing to fear, nothing to fear. For more resources and our consecration to Christ the Bridegroom, visit hopesgarden.com, the sanctuary where the spousal love of Christ the Bridegroom heals hearts, marriages, and families. You may also want to join our community powered by Mighty Networks. Download the Mighty Networks app and find us at Hope's Garden.